0: tells us, Mark chapter 12, verse 42 through 44. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples, and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow has cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance. But she of her want did cast in all that she had. Even all of her living. For a few moments in the house of the Lord this morning, I would preach to this church on the very first Sunday of a brand new year. A sermon simply entitled, Are You Willing? To give all that you don't have right, amen. Are you willing to give all That you don't have right. Would you lay your Bible aside this morning And go with me to the Lord And pray over this word Master we need your help today We need your help in every facet We need your help today God That this word would go forth Lord that it would not fall upon deaf ears But it would fall upon ears That are filled with faith today Lord Jesus I pray God that you would Touch our minds, touch our hearts, touch our spirit today In regard to the word that's about to go forth I pray God this morning that you would anoint the lips of clay To bring forth the word of the Lord as you have given unto me To give to these great people this morning I pray it now in the name of Jesus, God, that you would arrest our attention. God, that every distraction, everything that's not like you, God, would be set at bay this very moment uh, so that your word might go forth uh, and cause there to be liberty and freedom in the Holy Ghost. Uh, In Jesus' name we declare, amen and amen. Would you love the Lord one more time before you're seated? Give him glory, give him honor, and give him praise in this house. It can be said that the evidence of our giving is a measuring stick of our spirituality. This does not mean that if we give that we are spiritual. What it does mean, however, is that if we are spiritual, we will also have a willingness to give according to our spirituality. And that will be shown in that which we give. In our opening scriptures we read of a widow woman that cast in nothing more than two mites. But Jesus, observing this, declared that she cast in all that she had, even her living. What others gave out of their abundance, out of their extra, what they did not need, this little widow woman gave everything that she didn't have to begin with. And my question to somebody on the first Sunday of a brand new year that has been given to us is simply this. Are you willing to give your all to the glory of Jesus and his kingdom? Are you willing to give your everything all to the glory of Jesus and his kingdom? Or are you content with living another year just giving him the excess of that which you do not need? Are you content with living in the shadows of the mediocre and the mundane? Or are you willing to put your best foot forward and do something for God that you've never done before? Are you content with worshiping, with working, and witnessing the same old way that you always have? Or are you willing to fulfill the clarion call of doing a new thing, giving your all so that souls might be saved? Jesus took notice of a mere widow among men of wealth who gave all that she didn't have and regardless of her situation her circumstance or her health and Jesus I declare to you this morning has stepped on the scene of the first Sunday service of a brand new year and just like he observed that widow woman he's observing every man every woman every young person in this house today if those in this house would make a choice to give our all like that widow did or will we leave this house today the same old way that we always have giving the same old thing that we've always given giving the leftovers of what we have spent long in our work week and everything else that we do in between or are we going to leave this house with a new approach and a new mindset that says, in 2020 I got my vision back and I'm no longer going to give the way that I used to give but today God I'm going to obey the clarion call from your word and I am going to make it a point to give you my everything truth be told at some point everybody gives everybody gives but the real question Is that when we give, in what manner are we giving? Does that which we give come from a spirit of grieving because I have to give? Does it come from a spirit of haughtiness that arises because I'm able to give? Does it come from a spirit of pride that wants to be acknowledged for what I give? Or does it come from a spirit of faith and obedience to the doctrines of this word to give knowing that what we give shall be given back unto us? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Does it come from a spirit that's willing to make sacrifice all to the glory of God and the advancement of his kingdom? I tell you this morning, there is a difference between the two. Consider with me now Malachi Chapter number 1 verses 7 through 8 The Lord says simply Ye offer polluted bread upon mine altar And ye say wherein we have we polluted thee In that ye say the table of the Lord is contemptible And if ye offer the blind for sacrifice Is it not evil? And if ye offer the lame and sick Is it not evil? Offer it now to thy governor Will he be pleased with thee? Or accept thy person sin saith the Lord of hosts the Lord is saying simply here through the prophet Malachi, if you gave to your governor the way that you gave to me, he would not be pleased. So why then do you give the Lord the spoils and the refuse of your excess or your leftovers? Yes, I understand that our God is great and that he can be the lord of what's left, what's left of our worship, what's left of our prayer, and what's left of our offering. But I wonder today's chains of the most high What would happen if he became the Lord of what we gave him first? I wonder what would happen If we made up our minds in 2020 I'm not gonna give God what I've got left But I'm gonna give him my very best out the gate I'm gonna give him my first fruits of praise I'm gonna give him my first fruits of worship I'm not gonna come into this place And I'm not gonna sit idly by And give him the same spoils That I gave him in 2019 But I've come with my mind made up And my feet set steadfast standing declaring today that I will give my all unto his kingdom and not what I've got left over. I ask again a question. Are we willing to give so that we can experience his power, so that we can experience his presence? So we can experience growth. So we can experience revival. Or shall he become the recipient of the refuse and the excess that we just cast before him. Just like they did at the treasury that day. Are we willing to give all that we don't have? A new convert declared his determination to give all that he had for the master. He said to his pastor, Pastor, if I had 50 pigs, I'd give 25 of them to the Lord. That's very nice, said the pastor. If you had 30 pigs, would you give 15 unto the Lord? Oh, of course I would, said the man. If you had 10 pigs, would you give five of them to the Lord? Asked the pastor once again. Oh, you know that I would, pastor. You know that I would give unto the Lord. Then the pastor said, I see, though, that you only have two pigs. Are you still willing to give one of them to the Lord? Then the man replied, Now, pastor, don't ask me that question. You know that I only have two pigs. Somebody hear me today. The word of the Lord is challenging some of us in this house this morning to look at that which we give the Lord. Would we give it to the governor? Would we give it to our jobs? Would we give it to our family? Would they be pleased with what you've been giving the Lord if you gave that to them? I preach to you this morning more than a politician, more than a charity, more than a school, and more than a job. Jesus deserves nothing less than our best, and he cannot receive anything greater than our all. I preach to you there has never been a time that I have given my all unto the Lord that I walked away physically, emotionally, or spiritually bankrupted. What I preach to you today is not a man-made doctrine. It is a doctrine that has long been established in God's word from the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament. And in my life, it has been proven time and time again. When I give my all, I always, Always, you always walk away blessed beyond measure. chapter 11 verse 1 says cast thy bread upon the waters for thou shalt find it after many days as I cast my bread as I cast my seed as I give God's word gives me a promise that it shall come back to me but when it does the noticeable difference is that it comes back with an increase all at the hand of the master if it stays in my hand no Nothing else changes. If anything, everything that's in my hand, it begins to go to spoil. But when I release it into the hand of the master, what I give, I get back in a way that I never had in the beginning. Now watch this this morning. Proverbs 3 says, honor. Honor. I would to God that there would be a revival of honor in his church. A revival of reverence to the presence and moving of his spirit. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine the writer of Proverbs is telling us that we should honor the Lord with our substance. And all this time, you thought that I was just preaching about money. I've come to declare to somebody today that the substance of what we give is not just in regard to the money that we do or do not have. That's only one aspect of the facet. But when the writer of Proverbs says to honor the Lord with our substance, he's talking about not just our finances, but he is speaking of our ability, our strength, our time, our talent, our faithfulness, our obedience, our hopes, our dreams, our aspirations. You see, when we hear the word give, the first thing that we think about is how the preacher is after our money. But I've got news for somebody this morning. It has nothing to do with the preacher's income. It has everything to do with your faithfulness to obey God's word. You cannot erase a truth that is forever settled in heaven that God calls a man to preach to his people so that they can become blessed and not fall under a curse from God. Hear me today, somebody. Our faithfulness to give is not an act that places us in bondage to men it places us under the umbrella of his anointing and under the umbrella of his blessing. But I've come to declare to you, givings go so much deeper than our money. Some of the greatest acts of giving that ever graced God's treasury are gifts that were not made of paper, gold, or silver. It is men and women willing to sacrifice their time on a Saturday that they could have spent with their family, girding themselves up and making their way to the house of God to make sure that the church gets clean and the grass gets mowed and the hedges outside in the courtyard, they get trimmed. It is them who are willing to cancel their plans to give a lost soul a Bible study so that they might be directed to Book of salvation it is those who are willing to bless the church with their gifts and talents of playing and singing to get us into the presence of God and worship those willing to teach our children a simple Sunday school lesson that has been taught a thousand times in the hope that those same children develop a desire to serve the Lord It is a greeter or an usher being the first smile that a first-time guest sees as they walk in from a cold, dark, frowning world. (laughs) It is a preacher willing to burn the midnight oil in study and in prayer to get a word from God that transforms the life of his people. It is those saints that are willing to go the extra mile, showing compassion to the wayward and to the hurting, all at the risk of being hurt themselves by those who treat their generosity and love like a doormat to wipe their feet upon on their way to getting something else that they wanted from the church. being compared to devils, being compared to false prophets for calling out falsehoods and usury of the brethren. I tell you, these be they who become hurt, but in the midst of it all, they are hopeful that every accuser would be transformed eventually by Christ's divine nature. Second mile saints, as it were. Willing to go beyond just giving and reaching a place where they literally begin to give what they never thought that they had. Not so they can be seen. Not so they can be given prestige or accolade. But because they understand that the call to give God their everything is a hallowed call. Beyond the selfish call of a man's pride to expect some form of compensation in return for that which he has given. These are they that didn't realize what was really there, what they were really capable of until they got so inebriated on the call to give their all that what they thought they could never give became the produce of a passion that allowed them to reach into realms unknown and advance the kingdom with things they never could have acquired, acquired on their own accord. Church, I understand that there is a blessing I understand that there is a return To my investment into the kingdom I understand that God gives us a promise For our act of giving But here is my question to you today If God asked for us To give our all Without the expectation of giving back to us Without the expectation To fall under his blessing Without the expectation Of getting something in return Would we truly give him our everything or would we give him the mere refuse of what's left over after our money and after our time after our talents after our energies are spent elsewhere think about it come on this morning somebody I can hear the clarion call of the apostle Paul this morning declaring unto us in 2 Corinthians 12, I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. I would to God That somebody in this house Would open their eyes And their ears That they might see And hear this Sunday morning Church I have made up my mind If I'm going to be tired Let it be because I gave the Lord everything I didn't have to begin with To see his kingdom advance Let it be because I spent countless hours Singing simple children's songs to our kids Just to teach them That there's only one God and one way to get to him Let my weariness be because I love my neighbor or my co-worker So much that I would gladly be made a fool or a laughing Just to show the love of Christ toward my fellow man Let the tiredness of my mind be reward enough to know that I did my best to study the scriptures, to show myself approved as a workman of his wonderful word and not a novice who knows nothing. Let my reward be. Be the pain in my throat and the crackling in my voice, the sweat of my brow as I give all that I have to exhort, to admonish, to release the captive of this house and not just the noise of idle words shouted aloud. Are you willing to give him all that you don't have? Somebody give God praise this morning. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm preaching straightforward to you this morning. Are you willing to give him all that you don't have? Or are you content giving him the leftovers and the spoils of what you have? Are you content... With continuing the cycle of going through the motions and doing the same old thing and giving the same old way and never seeing the revival or the breakthrough or the victory that you so desire. Or are you willing to step into a place Where you boldly declare before God and before men I'm willing to lay it all on the line For the work of your kingdom God I'm willing to give everything that I've got So that I can see revival take place in this church I'm willing to put my agenda aside So that God's kingdom can grow And be multiplied Somebody lift him up this morning. Somebody give God praise today. Luke chapter 15 says, and he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the young son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would fain have have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said... How many hired servants of my Father's house have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. You see, the call of the Father's house, whether you like it or whether you disapprove of it, the call of the Father's house is one of not just sonship, but it is one of servitude. Many sons have gone from father's house, but few there be that are willing to stay there and serve, to labor over the father's possessions, become stewards over his fields, over his vineyards, and over his cattle and livestock. Here we find two sons, one willing to labor in his father's fields, The youngest instead of developing a willingness to give his father his all. Instead, he has the desire to take all that he felt the father owed him. Hear me this morning, church. It is dangerous when the father's children think because they have given a little that they have the right to make demands of restitution and reimbursement to their father. This son did so and his father gave him his portion. And then the son went into a far country and the Bible tells us he wasted every single bit of it. I find it interesting the terminology that Luke uses here. He says in verse 14 that he had wasted his substance. His substance. It's not just about money. His time, his talent, his devotion, his energy. He wasted it. But not just that. He says in verse 14 that he spent it all. Instead of being spent for the kingdom, he spent what he received from the kingdom. We know the rest of the story. The prodigal comes to his senses. And because he has wasted his inheritance, he realizes that the servants of his father's house are better off than he is. And he goes immediately back to his father. After he has wasted all. Now. Now he wants to serve. When he gets back to the father's house, a great celebration ensues. The father is so overwhelmed and so glad that his lost son had returned home that a fatted calf is killed an embrace takes place between that lost son and his father. A royal robe and a ring are placed upon the son and a celebration takes place over the father's whole entire household. But do not make the mistake that a homecoming of a prodigal is just another person getting off the hook. For you see a cord of trust must be retethered that was cut when he left the fold of his father in the first place. The prodigal has to decide whether or not servitude will be the road to his recovery. If he is content with making the determination that I will be a servant in my father's house. I'm not going to ask my father of anything else. I'm just happy that I can get back to God's house. I can get back into the folds of my father. And I can finally be a servant that I should have been in the beginning. If he takes the road of servitude, it will lead to his recovery. And it will become a re-reward unto him. Everything that he had lost, he'll end up gaining back again. But the determination does not lie upon the father. The determination does not lie upon all the other servants of his household. It lies upon the shoulders of the prodigal that wanted his portion and wasted it. If he chooses servitude, it will be the road to his recovery and the regiving of an inheritance that was once wasted. But what we don't see, as I told you Wednesday night, is what takes place after the celebration is over. What happens when the royal robe and ring have to be taken off and the garment of a servant must then be applied to labor over that which made him demand his inheritance to begin with? You see, I don't see anybody just walking out of his father's house demanding an inheritance unless father asked his son to do something. Unless his daddy asked him to work for something and to labor for something like the rest of his servants. You know why I don't see that? Because I see his older brother. While one is asking for his inheritance, the other one is out laboring in the field the whole time. He's not worried about his inheritance. He's worried about pleasing his father. He's worried about making sure that his father's crops are grown properly and that the wheat makes it to the storehouse and the vineyards are properly trimmed and plucked and the livestock are gone without blemish and without spot to the advancement of his father's kingdom. What takes place? after the celebration what takes place after a royal robe and a ring must be taken off and the prodigal must then apply a robe of labor that caused him to demand his inheritance in the beginning you see we get upset at the son that was laboring in the field and think that he's just jealous because the prodigal is getting all the attention. But you know where I believe the older son goes after the celebration is over? After the exchange of words that he has with his father? You know what happens He comes in out from the field He didn't even know a celebration was taking place Everybody's partying Everybody's having a good time Everybody's rejoicing because his prodigal brother came home And he's still out there in the fields Laboring over his father's possessions Making sure everything is taken care of And we know the story Father why didn't you ever kill me a fatty calf Why didn't you ever give me a royal robe and a ring Why didn't you ever give me a celebration And we get upset at that son That was laboring in the field And think that he's just jealous Because the prodigal is now getting all the attention But you know where I believe the older son goes After the celebration And after the conversation with his father He goes back to laboring He goes back to giving He goes back to serving. You want to know why? Read verse 31. He said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. What was his father saying? What was his father alluding to? What was his father getting at? It was simply this. His father was saying, because you were willing to stay and you were willing to labor, because you were willing to serve, because you were willing to give me your all, now all that I have is yours. That offer was not made to the prodigal. He got a royal robe, a ring, and a fatted calf. But his road to recovery is going to fall upon the burden of laboring as a servant in his father's house. But I've come to declare to you today, as many prodigals leave the father's house, there are still some sons and daughters that stay and serve. All that I have is yours, he says. You want a party? You have you a party. You want a fatted calf, son? You know exactly where the weed is because you're the one that started up for me. And you go get it out and you feed that calf till he gets as fat and as plump as your heart desires. And we will have a party. We will have a celebration. Not of a prodigal coming home. That's all right. We'll do that. We need that. But let's celebrate the ones that stayed to labor over my fields of harvest. Hear me, somebody. This morning, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm not trying to take a power trip. There're going to be prodigals that come home, and when they come home, bless God, the attention's not going to be on you, and the attention's not going to be on me. Let's just get to the party and let's celebrate, our brother, celebrate our brother and sisters coming home. But don't you ever get jealous that you're going to be left out now, and don't you ever get jealous and upset that you think that you're not getting what you thought you should have had because if you've been laboring over father's house then you've already got it don't get jealous of the younger brother don't get frustrated over a calf a robe and a ring just be faithful Just be faithful, child of God, to give your all, and eventually you'll inherit what you never thought you'd ever have. Oh, come on, somebody give God praise as I come to a close this morning. Oh, come on, somebody lift their voice and worship and magnify the Lord. Are you going to continue to give him your all? Or are you going to give him spoils? Are you going to continue to sit there and do what you always did? Or are you going to step to the far front of the armies of God and say, I'm willing to stand and spin myself for the advancement of your kingdom, God? There will be some today That will boldly stand and declare And you I want you to understand Child of God that stands It will not be an easy task There will be devils There will be demons There will be heartbreak There will be times of want That you have in a flesh heart But God has placed his spirit in you So that you might be able to stand Having done all to stand Stand and ye therefore with your loins girded about with truth with your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace the helmet of salvation the sword of the spirit the shield of petra, the shield of faith the belt of truth that you might withstand every fiery dart of the adversary that comes towards you it will not be easy It will not be tiptoeing through the tulips. It will be hard at times. There will be times when you feel like giving up. There will be times when you feel like you've been laboring and spinning your wheels for nothing. But I've come to declare to somebody, just be faithful and continue to be willing to give him all that you don't have. got people like that today there are people in this house you look at them and you don't think that they could ever be poor and they could ever be destitute but there are people in this house when they had a choice to pay their light bill or give their money to God's house to bless his kingdom they chose to give it to God and everything else got taken care of the lights didn't get turned off there was still food on the table Because they made up their mind, the things that I have in this life are temporal, but everything that I do for God's kingdom is eternal, and I'm not investing in the temporal. I am making an investment into that which is eternal. They never asked for it back They never went around Not one time Asking anybody In the church Hey I need you to help me with this Don't you twist and misunderstand What I'm saying There are those They've asked for prayer They've asked for the laying on of hands They've asked for agreement among the brethren, and there's nothing wrong with that. We ought to give that every moment of every second of every hour of every day, but there are people that have given their all, and they've done it without the expectation of getting something back in the end. Buddy, you can twist the scripture all you want, and you can get offended this morning at this preacher, but you can't deny what's forever settled in heaven and written in this book. are servants in this house that are willing to stand when somebody wants to talk about the preacher and somebody wants to talk about their brethren on one hand they're saying blessing and on the other hand they're giving cursing out but there are some people just like Abishai Abishai was one of David's mighty men Abishai was a man of zeal and a man of passion. And when somebody started talking about his master, he got bowed up and he got ready to fight. You don't want to talk about somebody that's willing to stand for their leader. And you don't want to talk about somebody that's willing to stand and bless God's kingdom not mine anointed nor do my prophet no harm saith the Lord of hosts right. had it not been for David saying Abishai calm down and hold your peace Abishai would have drawn his sword and he would cut off the hand of the one that slandered the king as he entered back into the city but don't you think because Abishai was told to be silent that God did not have for that one that slandered and for that one that lied and for that one that called the man of God a devil compared him to a devil David said you just hold on let God handle it at the end of the day God handle it and the one that cursed Make mockery of the king was killed, and Abishai didn't have to do nothing about it. Let me just put somebody on notice right now, and I'm just gonna say, You can talk about me all you want, you can say that I'm wrong, you can say that I'm ugly, that I'm being rude, I'm taking a power trip because I got a mic in my hand that you think you can just put forth your agenda. Nuh uh, I'm writing the word of God this morning with what I'm talking about. It cannot be denied. You all talk about me, all you want. But when push comes to shove, while you were slandering, while you were talking, I was still praying for you. That's right. And I was still trying to love you. Right. But you think that you're looking at somebody that hadn't been on the other side of things? I've just learned hurting, even when I'm being talked about, even when I'm being spoken against, I've learned to give God everything, and there's nothing going to stop me from doing it, there's nothing going to hold me back from it, because God has more than proven himself in my life. Zidon and dwell there behold I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee so he arose and went to Zarephath and when he came to the gate of the city behold the widow woman was there gathering of sticks and he called to her and said fetch me I pray thee a little water in a vessel that I may drink And as she was going to fetch it, she didn't ask any questions, she didn't have any qualms about it, she was going to get it. The Bible says he called for her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise and behold I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die and Elijah said unto her fear not and do as thou hast said but make me thereof a little cake first and bring it unto and after after you have done this, make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste. Neither shall the crude of oil fail. Until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went, did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house he had eaten many days. Right. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruse of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. You see, God had called Elijah to rise from the brook Cherith and go down to Zarephath, which, when translated, simply means a testing place. Come on. A testing place. Right. Many commentators attribute this testing to be that of Elijah. His testing. But when we read, it seems that the real test was unto the widow woman that was there. The widow woman was completely unaware of this test. She was completely oblivious of what God was about to ask of her. Make no mistake, the scripture says that the Lord had commanded her But in this passage, the word command is the same as will or allow. He did not command her beforehand and says, There's gonna be a prophet coming and you're going to do thus and thus. God just simply willed it or allowed it to take place. The Lord had willed that Elijah would meet this woman at the city gate, and when he finds her, she is picking up sticks. To have one final meal, right. then for her son and herself to die, and in hungered and thirsty Elijah not only asked for water to drink, but he asked for food to eat. But he's asking a poor, broken, destitute widow woman who is at the point of starvation for herself and her son to give him the cake that she makes with the last bit of meal and oil that she has not a piece not a portion but he's asking for everything that she has how dare you Elijah how dare you ask me to give what I don't have you see that's the way that some of us are when we are challenged to deny ourselves and give to the kingdom. Nevertheless, the clarion call of the master is more than clear to them who would have faith and obey the call. He says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Elijah says, give me me a cake first. This prophet declares, give me food first. Then make a cake for yourself. But Elijah, how? How can I give all of what I don't have? How can I do it? Elijah, look at me. Look at the clothes that I'm wearing. I'm gathering up a couple of sticks because I can't afford to go down to the woodsmith and get a lump of wood. I got a little bit of mule. I got a little bit of oil. And Elijah, that's it. After this, our intent is to die. There's a famine in the land for people like me. It to me anyway. How can I give all what I don't have? But the Bible says instead of this widow woman getting offended, instead of this widow woman beginning to doubt, instead of buffeting and speaking against the advancement and prospering of God's kingdom and God's servant, the Bible says, and she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat for many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruse of oil fail according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. I tell you this morning of a truth. In faith, she reached beyond her situation. She reached beyond her circumstance. She reached beyond her pain and she reached beyond her despair and gave all that she did not have. Hear me today, church, as I close, her surrender generated her surplus. Her faithfulness ushered in her favor. Her giving gave her her gain. And I preach to you, if you are willing to surrender your will and you're willing to surrender your heart, your mind, your gifts, your talents, your devotion, and yes, if it's needed, bless God, your finances. What you think you never had to give shall become the very thing that blesses his kingdom you were willing to give all that you didn't have somebody stand to your feet lift your voice and make a declaration this year 2020 I'm giving it all to God I'm not going to hesitate I'm not going to shrug my shoulders I'm not going to shake my head if I'm asked to do it I'm going to do it if I'm not asked to do it, I'm still going to do it because I want to see God's kingdom grow. I'm willing to give it all. I'm willing to lay it down. I'm willing to suffer in a little bit of pain. I'm willing to fight a few battles. I'm willing to stand against some devils. I'm willing to be spoken evil of, but I am willing, God, to give it all. somebody this is your chance this is your chance to turn around every evil thing that took place to you in 2019 this is your opportunity to turn your situation around God says it's going to come by one way and one way alone he says when you give me all then I'll give you everything